When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. It's time for the match preview. Newcastle head down to Luton this Saturday for traditional 3pm kickoff final game before Christmas. Newcastle in desperate need of a win on the road. Only that victory over Sheffield United is the only time they picked up three points away from home this season. I'm Arjun Musgrove, joined by John Gibson. John, just a couple of days to go to Christmas. How are you keeping you well? Uh, I'm well. I- could have been better if we'd still been in Europe and in the League Cup semi-final, but I'm okay, mate. I'm okay. Well, I've been up all night with my little one, so oh. I'm, I'm very tired. I haven't had any coffee today because I got downstairs and there's no milk in the fridge, so I've not had a very good start at oh. all to this well, morning. Been... So I'm hoping, I'm hoping you can bring me some pre-Christmas joy about Saturday and Newcastle's trip to Luton. Well, I mean, we've always been sort of uh, the pint pots half full rather than half empty type of guys. And uh, the only way to look at your start today is it's, things are going to get better, both in in uh, the Musgrove household and in the NUFC household. So uh, onward and upwards. My fingers crossed. So we have just had Eddie Howe's press conference. So there is plenty to talk about. Of course, Newcastle come into this game on the back of exiting the League Cup in such disappointing fashion, leading 1-0 for so long, but then kind of being pinned in, some would say, parking the bus. It was a very tired performance um, against a very poor Chelsea side. And then Kieran Trippier making yet another mistake and gifting Chelsea the equaliser. Then Newcastle go out on penalties. And that's where we'll start, John, is on Kieran Trippier because it's what everyone is talking about. Eddie Howe has come out and said, you know, he's got great character. He has been kind of the catalyst for everything that's happened at Newcastle so far, and it's our turn to support him. But the big question is, would you would you start him on Saturday against Luton? That's a great question. First and foremost, to answer the general situation, if there is any single Newcastle United player that's got credit in the bank, it is Kieran Trippier. He was virtually the first through the door. He set the pattern for signing quality, quality players like Bruno, etc., etc., because he he was the first to commit himself to our project when he was a La Liga winner. Um, And so, and he is led by example on the pitch, in the dressing room, Monday to Friday at the training ground, everything. He's a natural leader of men. Yes, he made a bad mistake and wowed the cup. Yes, he made a couple of mistakes at Everton. He's not going through the best of times, but it is a time for us to support him. 
I would probably, yes, play. Because I think once you fall off your bike, you know, you get back on it as soon as you possibly can. Because the longer you delay getting back on it, the more of a mountain it is to climb. And then they, that can be a natural thinking. And I can see this, that perhaps he is so mentally shattered and tired as well, um, because he's played virtually every game until Fulham, I think, when he was suspended. Um, so it would be a time to give him a rest. But I'm not certain it would, you know. I'm not certain that would help his frame of mind if he's suddenly out of the team, because it's then a very big thing when he comes back. And without being cruel... These are the the next two matches are the sort that would give you a chance to find your form and your feet because it's Fulham and it's Nottingham Forest. If you don't play them two, you, you're then playing against Liverpool away, Man City at home, Villa away and Sunderland in the cup with all the political connotations. That is not the best time to find your feet. So I think I would put him back in. I think he deserves to be back in. The away crowd would give him Huge support when he goes out at Luton, if he starts. And 50,000 will embrace him against Nottingham Forest when he comes back home. Um, I think he is curious in the bank. There's no question that it was a, a bad mistake. But everybody's human. Everybody makes mistakes. This guy is one heck of a player. We've got to remember how much quality there is there. He was a Spurs player. He was a La Liga player. Winner, not with a club like Real Madrid or Barcelona, where you've got a great chance of winning the title, but at Atletico Madrid, where you shouldn't be winning the title. Wonderful stuff. And he has led us from the front. So um, I'm very much a Trippier fan. I'm unshaken by what happened. I feel dreadful for him. I feel worse for us because it was the 92nd minute and we'd just cruelly gone out of, out of the Champions League when we weren't the, the worst team in our group even though the table told us we were, we weren't. Uh, we were done at Paris Saint-Germain when we ought to have not conceded that penalty. The two points would have made a huge difference, etc., etc., etc. And we've got to the quarterfinal of the Cup. We would have been through. I mean, the the, the poor, uh, he was caught in two minds. He, and he, he, should, he didn't know whether to flick the ball on for it to go out or cushion it back to the keeper. He ended up doing half and half. And that was a nothing situation. And isn't it ironic that one of the greatest places of a foot of a dead ball, uh, Newcastle United have got, um, the great assist king, the great free kick king, couldn't even, he was so scrambled, he couldn't even hit the target with the penalty. Uh, but yes, I would put him straight back in. Um, I think it's almost essential to put him straight back in because it looks as if you're kind to leave him out. But you're really allowing his mind to fester by leaving him out. And these are the easier matches to put him back in. Nothing's easy in the Premier League, but it's a damn sight easier to play Luton and Forest than it is to play Liverpool, Man City and Aston Villa. Yeah, no, I, it certainly is. I, and I guess, I mean, you mentioned there the penalty, John, that the first thing is we don't want to dwell on the Chelsea match too much. It, it, it's gone now and it's there's probably not too much you can you can learn from it. But I do have to say, I didn't really understand the logic of allowing Trippier to take the penalty just yeah. moments after the mistake. I think that was that was, that was was a very strange decision to allow, even, was, even right. if he really wanted to. You know, you could tell his mind wasn't right and it was kind of inevitable he was, he was going to miss. 
Now, I was asked this question yesterday about Trippier and would you start them? And 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 I said no. I, I'd I'd keep them out of the side. I'd, I'd rest them. I think mentally he looks short. He looks tired. But after hearing what you've said, I, I can see the logic. You, you take them out. It's like when you lose a game just before the international break. You then have two weeks of rattling around the house, thinking, "Oh no, like you know, we've lost." You've got um, too long for mind games to go on in your head. That's what worries me. There's no defining answer to it. There's no right or wrong. It's only you know, try it and see what happens. But. If you leave him out of these two and say, give him a little rest over Christmas, he can do it. All of a sudden, you're looking at it and he's going to play Liverpool. Look at their front three. He's going to play Man City, who are the European champions, and he's going to play Villa away, who, whose home form is so good. They're second top of the league. And by Jove, they'll be thirsting for revenge after 5-1 on the opening day. So if you want to give him a gentle introduction back into the harsh life, then Luton and Forrest seem the best idea. But I do wonder if there's some who think you put him back in and then he ends up making another mistake against the, these so-called lesser sides, then what does that do for his confidence? Look, we don't know. It's a flip of a coin. He could have the best game possible against Luton. Um, but he's clearly struggling. And if he does come in, he, he he's going to be putting huge pressure on himself. Yes, he's going to get the backing of the away support, but we, we know... Uh, Luton's home ground, it's a very intimidating place to go with the, the, the crowd right on top. Even Trippier has handled those situations before. Like you say, he's played in Spain. He knows all about it. He's played in some fierce derbies. But when your mind is a little bit all over the place and your focus isn't quite there, I'm not sure if Luton and Kenilworth Road is the ground you really want to go to, even though the quality is is vastly different. I wonder if going to that, that fire pit, that bear pit, is it is it the right is is it the right situation for Trippier? Well, there isn't the right situation because then if you don't do it at, at Luton, you're doing it with Forest with a new manager and fifty thousand people waiting for you to make a mistake or not make a mistake while they're supporting you, the Geordies, and then you've got the games we've just talked about plus Sunderland. So there isn't a right time. It is very difficult. And my answer, and this isn't a cop out. I mean, I've been around the football club. Uh, I ran Gateshead for 11 years and um, know some of the private things that go on with the club. It's just 100 times bigger at Newcastle, but it's the same format, if you like, on life. And I would hope, and I'm certain it will have happened, Andrew, that the exact conversation we are having now, Eddie Howe will have had with Kieran Trippier, not in front of the other players at St James's Park in training, Pop in and see me afterwards, Kieran. Let's have a cup of tea in my office. It's a sit down, the door shut. Mad dog and everyone's told, don't knock on the door, don't come in. We don't even want to see you. This is private. And have a good enough relationship and they're two very honest and open guys to talk as we are talking. How would you see it, Kieran? Would you be thankful for the rest and come back refreshed? Or would you look at the opposition and say, no, I'm getting back on my bike as quickly as I can? And be and then Eddie Howe will be guided by what Kieran Trippier says to him. And presumably we will see on the team sheet at, at, at Luton what is the consequence of that meeting. Because if that meeting hasn't taken place, A, I'll be hugely surprised, and B, I want to know why. Because the truth is... If Trippier, if, let's say that meeting has taken place um, and, and Trippier comes out, and you would assume he would say, oh, yes, Gaffer, 
I'm up for the fight. I want to start against Luton. I mean, Eddie Howe hears that and he goes, okay, Kieran, you're, 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 you're in the team on Saturday. Or do you have to look a little bit deeper of your Eddie Howe and, and think, okay, he's told me he wants to start. Yeah, but, but uh, what I'm hoping, what I'm hoping, because we're talking senior pro here, you're not asking Lewis Miley, you're not even asking Miggy, who just wants to be Mr. Nice Guy. And I mean, that is a compliment. You're not asking Gordon, who thinks, well, you know, the manager's done so much for me. If he wants me to play, I'll play. You're shutting the door there and you're phrasing it not like, will I take you out the fire in line and rest you because you're probably twitching like a fried egg. You're talking about, which way do you benefit? What do I do for you to get the Kieran Trippier back that I love? Do I give you a little bit of time? You've played so often. You, you can couch the way you talk to him in where either answer is the right answer. You don't sit him down and say, do you want to play at Luton? Oh, yes, Governor. Yes, Governor. Because that isn't the conversation. That That is a trial by looking your nice. Have you got any good? Is that a good? Is that a backbone I see there? Or is it a, you know, you, you don't. There's a closeness. You're talking to a senior pro. The door's shut. Nobody's watching you. Not the rest of the players. Not the coaches. Not anything. And the discussion can take an hour and a half, if you like, and be part of talking about the family and what you would like to do for Chrissy with the kids and the, the whole kit and caboodle. And in that time, Eddie Howe can assess him and he can feel so reassured that he can tell the truth to Eddie Howe because... What they both want is what's best for Kieran Trippier because what's best for Kieran Trippier is best for Newcastle United. And, and the way to get it is to have a dialogue that's not, right, sit down, son, do you want to play or not? Have you got the goods to play or not? Nothing is confrontational as that because that's going to produce the automatic answer. Oh, yes, Governor, I want to play, I want to play, and you go out and cry the most. It's couched in a very, very different way. What shall be the greatest benefit to you? And both are understandable. Like we've said, it's understandable to leave him out because he is in desperate need of rest. It's also understandable to play him in the easier games. Or they, you know, you come back against Liverpool, them front three. Dear, oh dear, they can force you into making a mistake, can't they? And so I think there's, you know, there's there's got to be, and I'm certain there will have been that conversation. And then. Of course, it's up to the manager, but really, he's being guided by Kieran at the end of that. And nobody should know about that conversation, and nobody would know about that conversation. Um, but what you, I think you would get honesty out of Kieran in that situation. You wouldn't get the politically correct answer, which is, I'm ready to play, Governor. I'm ready to play every game, any time of the day, midnight on the moon. Um, you're not asking for that. You're asking for honesty. Because you know the player's an honest player. So he's not going to let you down. So don't con me. Tell me what's best for Kieran Trippier. Because what's best for Kieran Trippier is best for Eddie Howe and best for Nick Castaneda. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
Mm, no, indeed. And I'm sure uh, conversations of that type have happened. They've got a great relationship. Eddie Howe is a, a great man and manager. It'll certainly be interesting to see what happens with Trippier on Saturday. I, I guess the decision one way or another might have been made a little bit easier had Emil Kraft not had to come off against Chelsea oh, after being stamped on in a horrendous challenge by one of the Chelsea defenders. I think it was Corwell, wasn't it? Um, again, if VR had been on, on, on the books, the, the Chelsea defender would have been sent off. It was a, a, a coward's uh, challenge on Kraft. Who, um, what, had to what, about, what about the challenge early on on Gordon as well? Andrew? Well, I, I'm going to get on to that. I'm going to get on to that in a moment because we will speak about Anthony Gordon because he is a potential doubt for Saturday. But on Kraft, uh, he's going to be assessed alongside Gordon. He's feeling sore. He's got a, a, a dint or two in his shin and um, where the studs left quite, quite a mark. And I think had Kraft not gone off in the way he did, I think there would be more chance of Kieran Trippier not starting on Saturday and starting Kraft. I think that's true. I think that's true, Andrew. But if we think about it logically all the way through, if Kraft hadn't gone off with that injury, Trippier wouldn't have been on the field to make the mistake he made. (laughs) So, you you know, all this would not be in the public domain to be discussed because Kraft was doing very, very well. He wouldn't have been subbed. He isn't in need of a rest. He's had about a 15-month rest, hasn't he? Uh, so, you know, all this would have been irrelevant and Kraft's come back very, very well. So it's ironic, but yes, I take the point. Even if he'd gone off injured, if he was suddenly fit now, uh, yes, you, you would just go with Kraft. So so the point, because I've seen the discussion about Trippier had begun about Luton even before the Chelsea game for some. So, But it sounds like, in your view, had... Trippier remained on the bench, or had Trippier even come on and not made the mistake, he would have then started against Luton regardless. Whereas I've seen some, as I said before, the Chelsea game saying, well, he's in need of a rest. You know, I, even... I think he might not have played Andrew under those. If Kraft had played the 90 minutes and we had won 1 0, uh, and Kraft isn't in need of a rest, and Trippier is, I think Kraft would have played it at uh, Luton. But there wouldn't be, a, because then you could give him his rest. But there wouldn't be a huge discussion. There wouldn't be a mental problem like, has he got over this? Because there would have been nothing for, for Trippier to get over because so, the mistake so, wouldn't have happened. So what, what so what, what's changed in that instance then? Is it Kraft's injury or is it the mistake that Kieran Trippier has made and the need for him to get over it as quick as oh, he can? I mean, the big, the big thing now, the mistake having been made, is how Trippier gets over it. And, and whether he gets over it by being pulled out and having a little rest or by told, get straight back on your bike. And what I'm emphasising is that I don't think that is a matter for Mad Dog or for me or for you or for 50,000 fans to decide. Only two people, and we aren't privileged to know what the inner thoughts of Kieran are. The one man that would get that honesty his wife will get it at home, but the one man that will get that honesty within St. James's Park is Eddie Howe, who I am certain will have had the exact conversation we are having now. And therefore, the decision will be made between the two of them, whether to rest him or whether to put him back on his bike straight away. Of course, but it is a debate that we need to have because it is the topic that everyone's oh, talking about. 100%, 100%. Yeah. So let's say Emil Kraft isn't past fit enough to start. 
is there a chance Tino Livramento then could start at right back with Dan Byrne coming in at left back and Kevin Trippier missing out? Yes, yes, of course there is. Uh, um, uh, and and that would be the obvious thing. I mean, I would be tempted if I didn't think it would give Trippier a tough time. I would be tempted not to play him and play Levmenko and play a left back. Uh, the trouble is then, <clears throat> are you letting the guy fester and then are you bringing them back in three if the the biggest hothouses that you could have is to is to play Liverpool away, who are sensational at home and look as if they might actually get the title this year. Man City, who are playing for the World Club title tonight, for goodness sake, and Aston Villa, who would home, that record's absolutely sensational. Um, <clears throat> so you you can't have and Sunderland, because of the, all the implications, the only thing we can win, the first derby since Hadrian's Wall was built, etc., etc. So, you, you know, it, there's a huge, if you keep, there's, it's either no win or a win-win, <coughs> whichever way you want to look at it with Trippier. Um, but I am very anxious that that conversation took place and that what happens is decided by that. Because if leaving them out is going to make Trippier fester in his mind, don't do it. But if putting them back in and he physically can't put one leg in front of the other, then get him out. But only he can he can tell you that. But he is a strong personality. He'll have his own feelings on what's best for him. And as I stressed, what's best for him is best for us. Yeah. And just a final word on 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 Trippier before we move on. Of course, the reaction in the the immediate aftermath to Chelsea, um, Kieran Trippier got criticism, and it was a really it was a mixed bag across social media. I'm always wary of holding social media up as the test card because we know what happens on on social media isn't always what happens in the real world of the fan base. But the the, the opinion was a little bit split. A lot of people got got criticised for criticising Kieran Trippier, but there is you know. I, I'm in in the camp of you can you you can appreciate and support what Kieran Trippier has done for this club, but that doesn't make him immune to criticism. He is not bulletproof, and what happened against Chelsea and what happened against Everton, he needs to be criticised. He needs to be analysed, and he needs to, you know we all know what went wrong, and we all know what what needs to improve. But just because he's been the catalyst to Newcastle's success since he joined, and he has been, and he's been a great captain, he's been a fantastic character, it doesn't mean that he escapes criticism. And it doesn't mean those fans who I think rightly criticised him for what happened against Chelsea are bad fans. It's 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 their right. And it's it's a right of a football fan to criticise within those 90 minutes, I think, if something's oh, gone wrong. It's also absolutely inevitable. I mean, you know, you, you think... Kieran Trippier might be bulletproof because of what he's done for Newcastle United. You may consider Bruno bulletproof because of how he's loved by the Newcastle fans and how he loves them back. And you might think Eddie Howe's bulletproof because he's taken us from a relegation fight into a Wembley Cup final, the Champions League, etc., etc. None of them are. And I tell you what, we've we've lost we've lost uh, six games out the last ten in all competitions. And, and if that continued, um, Eddie, for all the things he's done for Newcastle United, would receive some criticism and would expect to from certain sections of the crowd. Others would say, excuse me, remember, 
we're only where we are because of him. But it is life. You will get that criticism. Klopp got criticism at Liverpool last season when for the first time, I mean, they were winning a title and winning a European Cup or playing in a European final. And then um, last season, didn't even qualify for the Champions League. They're back right up there now. But there was people on Merseyside and people in the national press and ordinary football fans throughout the country criticising Klopp a lot last season. It is the nature of the beast. Mm, it is. So, so it should be, as long as it's constructive and it is on results and is not like social media can get, become bitter and nasty and vicious. Yeah. That's a different ballgame. And then I guess as well, the, the those kind of characters, the Trippiers, the Howes, the Klops of the game, they probably respond, maybe not publicly, but privately, they look at the criticism and say, okay, you know, there's always room to improve. Because I'm always a believer that if, if you think you've reached your peak oh, and you can't be criticised, right. then, you, you know, what's the point? And I think Trippier, he'll be the first to criticise himself for the mistakes that have happened recently. Eddie Howe might be asking himself questions. Was it the right decision to throw him on? You know, was it the right decision to give a penalty? And they'll learn, they'll improve from that. And that's what you do as a good manager, as a good player. You, you know, you accept the criticism, you accept that you make mistakes and you learn from them. And that's what the top characters do. And hopefully they will do uh, going forward. Let's move on then, John, into the sense of... Just one last thing on, on that. Probably, yeah? Just one little last thing. Probably the best manager in the world's pep. He went recently four games without a win with Manchester City and then he was 2-0 up the other day and it ended 2-2. And all of a sudden, it's um, our City complacent as Pep lost it. Is Pep a little bit temperamental, etc. Footballers like that. The, great, the greatest time England's had, and I, my job was to follow England along with Newcastle United. 1966, we win the World Cup. Sir Alf Ramsey gets knighted. He's Sir Alf Ramsey. He can walk on water. How long after that was it that we, England sacked him? That's football. Cluffy is held up these days as the greatest innovator manager, the, one of the originals, taking them for a pint and all that. One forest, one derby when they had no right to do something. Lasted 40-odd days at Leeds. It, it happens to everybody. Yeah, let's go on to uh, Luton Town, you're thinking of, I suspect. Yeah, well, I was going to ask you about the um, the sense of defence for Newcastle because Fabian Share has been assessed. I don't think it's too serious, but he's, he's probably going to miss out on Saturday. But the one real positive from the performance against Chelsea was the return of Sir Botman. It was always a plan of Eddie Howe to have him play 45 minutes, so there was no concern when they brought him off at half-time because that was always what was going to happen. He looked good. I thought for someone who'd been out for so long, going up against some talented Chelsea players, they might not all be clicking right now, but individually they've got talent. And he didn't look oh, out, yeah. out of shape at all. Um, of course, he can't be 100% match fit, but he looked as good as he, he was going to be. Um, Eddie House said he's in contention for Saturday. Uh, so I think there's a strong possibility that we'll see Jamal Lascelles and Sven Botman uh, start against Luton Town. So what's your thoughts on, on Botman back in the start 11, potentially, John? Yeah, I, I think that, it, like you, I think that's what we will see. Um, Filter bits. He is quality. We talked about Newcastle 
in their aim, season by season, must be to get an improvement on the current player in the side, regardless of how the player is. And Newcastle did that. Dubrovka at Newcastle in the old days was looked upon as a quality goalkeeper, one of the few quality players we had in the Steve Bruce side. Uh, but all of a sudden we signed Pope because that was a step up and has proved to be a step up. Um, and Byrne was signed by this current regime for left side centre-half on what he'd done at Brighton, etc., etc. Botman's been a step up there and a step up on ourselves if it matters, but a step up for Byrne. And it will always be that way. Pope is the better keeper. Uh, Botman is the better centre-half. We can still go out and top up somebody better than Pope eventually if you're going to win the Champions League. That, that is what life's all about. Um, but I am delighted to see Botman back. It's been an awful long time. We are always kept in the dark by Eddie Blessing because he, he, he won't tell you... I mean, if... if if one player come in his leg fell off, he would just say, well, assess him on Saturday morning. He wouldn't sort of say, well, he must be out uh, because he doesn't do that. And so it was nice to see Botman back. It's, you know, and we need a lot more as well. But then um, I'm comfortable with Botman. He's a quality player. Everybody will make a mistake. Defenders do. That's because their job is they're under pressure for an hour and a half. They'll make mistakes. He'll make a mistake as Trippier did. It's inevitable. Um, but he's a good player. And I'm delighted to see him back. Um, <clears throat> and Lascelles, every time he looks as if he's he's uh, Mr. Blobby, and he, he comes back and, and stops the boat rocking and produces a performance again. And good for him. Uh, like Trippier, he's got a lot of character. Mm, yeah, um, I'm going to mention Lascelles in a second. But um, Eddie Howe said this morning in his press conference, Sven is good. We will assess him today. I'm very pleased with his return. He looked strong, comfortable. It will take him time to get his rhythm going and be back to his absolute best, but I'm very pleased with his performance. And you mentioned Lascelles there. Quite excited to see Lascelles partner Botman, actually. I thought Lascelles was was really good against Chelsea. You know, Chelsea absolutely peppered the box. And other than the, the trip mistake, they never looked really um, a threat uh, getting at Newcastle and Lascelles was organised he was good in the air he was good in the tackle he kept up with the players um, I think the only thing that might trip him up on Saturday is, is how how fit he is in terms of the, how much he's in the tank but again it was a solid performance from him and I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him with all due respect to Fabian Cher getting partnered alongside you know a, a, a real top quality centre-back and Sven Botman. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, without a, a shadow of doubt, he's, he's massive to get back. Um, and because he's been out for so long. Um, you say you worry about how much is in the tank with the cells and that uh, physically, and you're right to, to wonder about that. But, of course, Andrew, we can wonder about that with, with every single guy on the pitch. How much is in Miggy's tank? How much is in Gordon's tank? Can Wilson go again? Is Isaac going to be fit enough to fill in somewhere? Um, you know, it, it is true of anybody that's around a, a lot, uh, Levomenko, how much is in his tank? He's keeping going. He's young and he didn't have a lot of matches early on. And by the way, we'll not start on the... Um, the lost man, which is Lewis Hall, because we've mentioned him before. I mean, if, if I mean, does he exist? 
I mean, he could play against his parent club, um, and yet, and I'm not having a go at Richie, who I think has been one of the great servants of Newcastle United, but he's 34 or whatever he is, and at the end, a bloke that you're going to commit up to £35 million on in the summer, allegedly, is not, you'll bring Richie on ahead of Hall. That's not condemning Richie, it's saying, where the heck is Hall's fit in all this uh, jigsaw puzzle? Well, inevitably, Eddie Howe was asked about Lewis Hall in his oh, press conference. Knocking bet, I would think, yes. And he said he's still part of our long-term plans. He's settled in fine. He's working well. I just think we need to develop certain areas of his game. We've got no doubts. So, read into that uh, what you've you will. Got but no doubts? Uh, most of the evidence you see suggests there's a heck of a lot of doubts currently. Currently yes. doubts. Because... Not, I mean, not only does he not start, but on the very few occasions he has, he's been a hold off a couple of times at half time, which is almost uh, akin to humiliation. And then, during a time we've had up to 14 people not available for matches, he hasn't even gone on as a sub, i.e., at Chelsea. I mean, honest to God, I've got to say, Eddie, we've got faith in all that. We've said that both of us many times on this program. But I'd love to know what's off with Lewis Hall because there's something off. And I don't think for one second uh, he's a Ryan Fraser. I don't think he's creating any trouble uh, with, within camp, not in the least. But there's there's something that the feel is not right. Now, was he bought by Ashworth and not not rated by how? Or, or you know, was did somebody else make the decision to bring him and then Eddie gets him and thinks, I'm sorry, it's my reputation on the line. It's my team. I can't pick this young man. And by the way, if he if he needs so much coaching, how is he worth thirty five million now? You know, there's a lot of things that aren't answered and aren't being answered, and that's the way life is. But every game makes it more. You see, we've talked there, Andrew, with what happens with Trippier. They will move Lafamengo, of course, and bring Burn on. Berner sent a half to play left back, which he's done very well. But we're not asked. We've got a thirty-five million pound left back. He never got a mention whether he starts at Luton, and it's it's quite it's it's quite eye raising, really eyebrow raising, isn't it? Yeah, it was, and that was the point I was going to make. I was going to say the answer to the next question about who starts at left back isn't going to be Lewis Hall. And you're right. You know, I've 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 already asked that question partially in the the, the early bit of the show, and in my head, Lewis Hall doesn't even come into to the equation. No. And, he, and he should do, given, like you say, the injuries and given the schedule to come. You know, it's a busy time of the year. But yeah, I I think if Kevin Trippier doesn't start, it will either be Emil Kraft pass fit and Tina Livermento at left back, or it'll be Tina Livermento at right back and Dan Byrne in it left back. And that'll be the way it is because for whatever reasons, it's just not working for Lewis Hall. And again, I don't want to talk up the, the Kenilworth road atmosphere too much. But for, for, but for a young man who's secured his dream move, albeit temporarily to begin with, but there's definitely an option to make it permanent. And he's, he's seeing these comments from Eddie Howe. He's, he's, he's seeing all the injuries and he's not getting involved. I do wonder, again, if that is the right atmosphere to, to, to throw him into, if, if he's not already hitting the, the expectations expectations of, of Howe and, and the staff. But I think, um, yeah, if if... if yeah, he'll not be the left back on on, on Saturday. Um, we'll move into the midfield then, John. 
Um, I'm, I mean, the, mid, the, the center three probably picks itself in Bruno, Miley and Longstaff. I thought Bruno was all right against Chelsea. I thought Miley, again, didn't look out of place. Uh, I thought Longstaff couldn't... He was one of several who just couldn't seem to control the ball on on uh, what day was it? Tuesday, Wednesday, it's all rolling into one. You know, that was the the, the, the disappointment um, for me against Chelsea. It was like they were passing around a hot potato. The ball kept bouncing off. The, the passes were going astray. It was, it was, a, it was a very careless in possession performance. And we're going to have to see better from, from Sean Longstaff, I think, on Saturday. And across the midfield three, John, they're going to have a battle because they're going to be up against Ross Barkley, um, who, when you say that name, people will think, what, the failed Chelsea £55 million player? Well, according to those down at Luton, he is the man to watch. He's been in terrific form. He played really well against City. Um, there was a comparison, I think. It didn't say it explicitly, John. But the Luton chap that I spoke to kind of compared him to Cruyff, I think it was. You know that? Remember that? Do you remember Good that photo? Was it Maradona? Which one was the famous photograph when one of the it was either Maradona or Cruyff, and he's got the ball, and then there's four defenders. Benny, twist. Yeah. I, I think it's Cruyff. I think it, it was it was Cruyff. I think we're getting a bit carried away to say it was. I don't, well, I don't think he meant in talent. I think he just meant in terms of he tends to turn, and then there's three or four players around him. But that gives you an insight into what the likes of Bruno, Miley and Longstaff are going to go up to. Barkley is on this great form, as they say. They're going to have their work cut out. Yeah, I think they are. We have. Um, I think he sits deeper these days and sort of um, uh, steps out from just in front of the, the, the back defenders and steps out with the ball and, and goes from there, uh, rather than playing higher up the field. Uh, he's always had the talent. He just got lost big time along the way and perhaps in less uh, of a pressure cooker at a club like Luton, he's managed to surface again because it wasn't Everton where he was the boy wonder and then Chelsea where he was the huge signing. Uh, but I mean, this was in England, international of course, so he, he, he's nobody's fool. Um, I don't know what else we can do with midfield in terms of personnel and in terms of, again, if you, if you just played somebody like Hall, who was a midfield player, wide left or Richie or somebody, but under normal circumstances, that isn't going to improve the side. So you would expect the three, the three to pick, to pick themselves in there, and then it's what you get up front. Will Will Gordon make it? Well, that's the big question, Isaac. As well, fifty-fifty. I mean, obviously, Eddie Howe has said that Julian, um not too serious, a bit like Shaw, but it wouldn't surprise us if he actually ends up. Starting on Saturday morning, anyhow. But yeah, Anthony Gordon's the other big one. Um, horrible challenges you mentioned. VAR would have seen uh, the uh, was sent off, and you could see right from the start he wasn't he, he, yeah. after that challenge, he wasn't right. And to be fair, he hasn't been right the last couple of weeks. I don't think he's not. Eddie Howe said after the Fulham game, he's not been able to sprint um, freely as Anthony Gordon would do 100% fit, so then have that challenge. You could say, he shouldn't have come out for the second half, in all truth. Maybe, but again, maybe it's all who can you bring on. Um, so, yeah, do you think I mean, he'll it be... Could, it could be that Isaac plays out there if Gordon mm. doesn't make it. Um, I don't know. Well, no, I, I, think, I, think, I, think, I, think, I think if Isaac's fit enough to be involved, I think it'll be from the bench. and you'll, or, or he'll start and Callum Wilson will come off. I, I don't think he'll play both Wilson and Isaac. 
um, in the same team. You might, you I might think not have much choice if Gordon doesn't make it. I think I think if Gordon's not fit, and I, I, I and I've got a sneaky suspicion he probably will be. Um, but if he's not, I think it'll be Matt Ritchie, and I can see, I can already oh, well, see. I'll, I'll really look forward to that then. I'll really look forward to I that. Just, I just think it, it's a massive risk if, if you end up playing Isaac and Wilson together um, this early on in, in, as Isaac's come back. You know, he's come back too early before. I just think you, you, you save them uh, to start together, you know, in a few weeks' time. And I know what you're going to say. You need your best players now, et cetera, et cetera. But I just think it's too much of a gamble on Saturday. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what uh, Eddie Howe thinks. Yeah, we will. That's the man who counts. Um, and then you've got Miggy, of course, on the right. Bless him. It 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 was not a good performance for him against Chelsea. Uh, he, although he did take a lot of criticism for a shot he took in the ninety third minute or ninety second minute, and people saying he should have taken it to the corner. Well, I think actually it was the ninetieth minute. I'm not sure how anyone can hold the ball in the corner for four minutes. So if you're one of them criticizing Miggy, I don't agree with you on that one. But again, John, if he had options. If Jacob Murphy was fifth, for example, I'd be taking Miggy out of the, the team for Saturday. But again, it just reaffirms the crisis that they're going through in terms of injuries. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you've, there's no options to anything. I mean, if if we had all the options that should be available to us, you wouldn't. Gordon is still the top performer on the side, but you wouldn't worry too much if you had Harvey Barnes coming in on the left, and and you had Murphy coming in on the right, and you had. Isaac or Wilson playing centre forward, uh, and you had the choice of Joe Linton and Willock to ease the midfield situation. Everything would be fine, but it's not like that. I mean, you know, we're lucky if we can get eleven tried and trusted men to start the game. And if we start with someone like Matt Ritchie, and it, I'm not having a go at Matt, I've, I've always said what a good job he's done for us. But at this stage of his career. You know, it's a step backwards if you start with Matt Ritchie in the side. They'd say Champions League participants and uh, League Cup finalists and quarter finalists. You're stepping back in time if you've got to start with Matt Ritchie in any position, be it left back, left side, midfield, or outside left. You're going to step back, no danger. And and you're not, and that's a bigger step back than saying, oh, well, we've done it with Lascelles and it worked. That wasn't a step back age wise or any other way. You know, he's done terrific. But to start with Matt, you do realize it's like saying, well, we'll start and play. Dummett at left-back because he used to be a terrific left-back at Newcastle. But that was yesterday. And Matt was yesterday. Yeah, but I guess how his hands are tied, you're right, though. No one would have predicted Matt Ritchie having a, a, a big, as big a part uh, this season as he has done. Um, we mentioned there, uh, well, we have mentioned Kenilworth Road. It's a very old-fashioned ground, John. Only um, the second time Newcastle have faced Luton this century, the last time was an FA Cup win in 2018. But fans can expect quite the atmosphere, I, I, I've been told, when they go down to, to Luton. Um, did you have many visits down to Luton back in your day? Um, yes, yeah, yeah. We, we had a few, if you go way, way back, I always remember... Um, uh, Newcastle having to send, we were playing at Luton and um, uh, Irving Natwis was going to be full back and the Newcastle side, it was the 70s when that, that happened and all of a sudden things changed overnight and we had a send for David Craig to come down by car who wasn't even in the squad to come down and play in that match and, uh, and we got a result. 
I mean, I remember inside the last 10 years, I don't know, maybe seven, eight years ago, I remember Luton Town playing Gateshead at the international, after I left Gateshead, playing Gateshead at the international stadium in the conference and asked Supermac to be their special guest because he played for Luton as we bought him from Luton. Um, on the day, and Supermac took me along to be to be his his guest on the on the day. And we sat in Luton won not one nil. It was the season they won promotion to get back in the football league. And they, they were playing Gateshead uh, on level terms in the same division. And now they're playing level terms in the same division against Newcastle United. It's been quite startling. And but of course they went down with this huge points deficit. 30 odd points at one stage um, <clears throat> and went completely out the league and now they're back in the Premier League it's quite a startling story and you know they are where they are and for me the three favourites to go down this season are the three clubs that come up last season which includes Luton but if you underestimate Luton and you look at their record they've held Liverpool 1-1 this season which is some result look at the way Liverpool are going 1-1. They played Arsenal at Luton. They led them 3-2 before they lost 4-3 with a very late goal, Declan Rice. They played Man City and led them 1-0 before they lost 2-1. And, you know, so there's three very credible performances against Liverpool, Arsenal and Man City. So we have to be warned there's not the cakewalk it might look if you just look at the league table. And, of course, the most obvious thing, we have a nosebleed every time we go over the time bridge now. Um, it is quite, you know, you can't believe that we, we won the away game 8-0 in the Premier League this season, can you? When, when you think that's the only win we've ever had at Sheffield United. That has got to change. And for me, Andrew, we need, there's no ifs, buts. We must, must, must get six points at Luton and home to Forest because we've already mentioned what's to come in the new year. And they are tough, tough games. If we get anything at Liverpool, not Aston Villa, and home to Man City, it's a bonus. It's a bonus. We're not going to get three wins, eh? So these two have got to be wins because we're playing catch-up. Six points. A draw, Malcolm McDonald always used to say, never knock an away draw. At Luton, we'd have to knock it. We need more than the away draw. Newcastle need to win and then they need to beat Forrest. And then we might go into the new year slightly different. Hmm. Yeah, I think a win is is really important just to keep up uh, up to speed with those those above Newcastle in the race for, for Europe. But John, I'm just not feeling that you've just re- reeled off there the the the, the results against um, some really good sides for Luton. Yeah. Yep. Newcastle's away form. And I'm I'm struggling. Like I look at the way games now, I'm not confident, and I'm wondering if that is something that the camp yeah, inside Newcastle are struggling with as well. There definitely seems to be some sort of issue going away um, from St James's Park, and again, the atmosphere at Luton. I, I'm 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 I am worried about Saturday. I will be totally honest with you, and I think Newcastle are going to lose. Unfortunately. Yep. All I can say about that, and yes, yeah, honesty is a good thing, and you're saying what you think, and then 
the only thing that gives me hope is that you thought we'd lose at home to Derby the last podcast we did and we won three now. And 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 you come out with a lovely little snippet I saw it saying I was wrong and I'm delighted to have been wrong. And I know you're feeling the same. And it is easy for the current Newcastle situation to you see the money on empty tanks, you see the injury list, you see the fact we went don't score a pile of goals under normal circumstances. You look at our away record, it is easy to be apprehensive. But if I'm going to be apprehensive playing at Luton, I've got no chance for the rest of the season. What I'm if the pot's either half full or half empty, if it's half empty, it's that we're out of two major things. We're playing for the rest of the season, Andrew, just to go back to what we had a week ago. We're playing the rest of the season to try to get in the Champions League. A week ago, we're in it, and to try to win a domestic pot. Three days ago, we were in the semi-final of the League Cup because we were leading 1-0 against Chelsea. So we are now playing catch-up the rest of the season, trying to get back what we already had. But if you want to grasp at straws in the wind, then you can look and say, OK, once Christmas and New Year's out of the way, we have a, a, a light workload, the same as we had last season. We're only playing in two competitions, the Premier League and the FA Cup. So our workload is light. So that's going to help us. We should be getting injured players back. That's going to help us. We can go in the transfer market and do something about the current situation. That's going to help us. So things can improve. But we can't wait for them to improve because we have got to beat Luton. And I I can understand where you're coming from, and they've got the siege mentality we that Howe likes to produce at Newcastle. You know, everybody's against us, doesn't like us, but we'll go on with. They've got the siege mentality. Everybody thinks we're already down there, and they'll be playing for Lockyer, bless them, won't they? After what happened, it, it, that is the most natural thing. You think that might get a mention in the home dressing room before they come out against us? Hey, think if if you're stricken skipper. Do this for him, make him happy, give him something to smile about, etc., etc. You try everything you can to get a result. I still believe, and it's mainly because I have to, Andrew, in my in my mind, I have to, that Newcastle win. Yeah, well, fingers crossed you are right. And it goes without saying from both myself and John, and, and I guess to our listeners as well, that we wish uh, Tom Lockyer all the best in a, in a speedy yeah, recovery after what happened uh, last weekend. We did... Uh, myself and uh, the Luton YouTuber, uh, Lewis Williams. We did talk about in depth uh, Tom Lockyer and the impact it could have on uh, the squad, both negatively and positively ahead of Saturday. You can find that podcast on our podcast channel and on YouTube as well. The Everything is Black and White podcast. Um, so as John says there, he's going for a win. I'm going for a defeat. And as John mentioned there, I did say Newcastle will get thumped off Fulham. So that is... That is my little bit of hope inside, that every time I predict that Newcastle are going to get beat or it's going to go badly for them, they tend to do rather well. So I do think Newcastle might get beat. I am fearing it a little bit. But hey, as I say, um, there's always hope, right? There's always hope. Absolutely correct. There, there is indeed. And in wishing all our watchers on podcast, and we're grateful, I know we both are, Andrew, for them, uh, it's terrific to have that sort of support. We wish them all a Merry Christmas. And above all else, we wish NUFC a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year because if they have that, we'll have a good time as well. 
couldn't have said it better uh, myself. So for me and John, we don't see you guys before Christmas, as he said. They have a lovely Christmas and a great new year as well. And head over to chroniclelive.co.uk for all the latest Newcastle news. You can find out what Eddie Howe had to say ahead of this game against Luton. And of course, I have to say this because it is a 3pm kickoff, so you can't watch the game legally anywhere on TV. You can catch it on the radio with a friend of our podcast, uh, Matthew Raysbeck. But why not head over to chroniclelive.co.uk tomorrow afternoon for a dedicated match live blog where you'll find loads of great analysis and opinion as Newcastle United take on Luton tomorrow afternoon.